My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Monday the 5th of December. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. The International Day of People with a Disability was on Saturday this past weekend. And it was also a really important day in the history of Australian TV. I am the first disabled person, as far as we know, to do a sex scene on Australian television. In today's deep dive, I'm going to speak to Hannah Diveny, star of the new show Latecomers, about representation on screen. First, Sam, what is making headlines this morning? Zara, it was a very emotional Sunday morning for a lot of Australians watching the Socceroos go down 2-1 to Argentina in the round of 16 clash in the FIFA World Cup. It is being called the most successful campaign by the Socceroos in World Cup history after defeating both Tunisia and Denmark and giving the Argentinians a real run for their money. The Argentinians now move on to the quarterfinals, which start in a couple of days. A quick trigger warning on this story, it discusses sexual assault. The trial of Bruce Lerman for the alleged sexual assault of Brittany Higgins has been dropped. It comes after the jury in the first trial was discharged following the discovery of external material in the jury room back in October. The ACT's Director of Public Prosecutions, Shane Drumgold, said a retrial would present a, quote, significant and unacceptable risk to Higgins's life. Accused Islamic State fighter Neil Prakash has been extradited to Melbourne from Turkey under federal police escort charged with six terrorism-related offences. Prakash will be charged with crimes including engaging in a hostile activity in a foreign state, being a member of a terrorist organisation and entering or remaining in a declared area. Lawyers acting for Prakash made no application for bail and the matter will front the courts at the end of February. And the good news, French referee Stephanie Frappard became the first woman to take charge of a men's World Cup game when she officiated Germany's game against Costa Rica. She was also backed up by two female assistant referees to form the first all-female team. She's one of three women on FIFA's list to be a lead referee at this year's World Cup. Hold still. Sure, let me just hit pause on my cerebral palsy, why don't I? That'd be great. Hannah Diveny has become the first person with a disability to have a sex scene on Australian TV. I think the real reason you called me unfuckable is because that's how you feel about yourself. She's also an amazing person, a really, really dear friend of mine. So I asked her to come on the pod and to talk about this major milestone in representation and how she became an actor by accident. So hi, everyone. I'm Hannah Diveny and I'm a writer disability advocate, the editor-in-chief of this really cool platform called Missing Perspectives, and officially, I guess now, I am an actor as well. She is a woman of many talents. It's just the longest list ever, and for every reason, because you are the most talented person I know. Can you talk me through how latecomers really came into your life? Yeah, that was something of a happy accident. It's not It's not something I intended to happen. But basically, I got a random email from one of our incredible producers, Liam, who basically said, hey, 
there's a show called Latecomers. It's written by people with cerebral palsy. It's going to be starring people with cerebral palsy. We've noticed your advocacy work on Instagram and we think you'd be great for a read through, which is basically like there's general, there's generally no expectation that anyone involved in the read through will actually have anything to do with the show in its final form. And then, um, Mads, our incredible director and, da- and Danny Long, who is our head of casting came up to me and were like, okay, so you're auditioning for the show. <laughs> and they phrased it as a statement, not a question. And I was like, um, I am. And they're like, uh, yes, because you can act. And I was like, oh, what happens if I actually get this? And then like a couple of months later, I got an email that was like, we would like to offer you the role of Sarah. And I was like, shit. That wasn't supposed to happen. Not in the plan, but here we are, an actress. Yes. So talk to me about your experience as playing Sarah and Mm -hmm. what it meant for you, what the portrayal, what the representation, I want to get to it all. So this is a huge deal because we, and I say we meaning generally like Australia, I can't really think of too many um, situations where a disabled character has been given the space to like be considered a, as a full person. And I think that's part of what makes latecomers so groundbreaking is that both Frank and Sarah, the two main characters have cerebral palsy. And part of the reason for that is because two of the show's creators in Angus Thompson and Emma Myers have cerebral palsy themselves. So they were able to write from their own experiences so that lived experience obviously then translated to representation like we haven't seen and hopefully we will see a lot more in the future. Firstly, if people haven't watched it, can you talk about what that actually looks like and then also yeah. what that means to you? Okay, so Latecomers is basically a show where two people with cerebral palsy, Frank and Sarah, um, who don't know each other, contrary to popular belief that all disabled people must know each other in some sort of monolithic network um they kind of get stuck together because their carers brandy and and elliot hook up with each other at a bar and chaos ensues if you've seen the show then you know exactly what kind of chaos i'm referring to but if you haven't yet all i will say is that this is a show that very um very clearly explores sexuality, explores relationships, explores identity and all of the ways that being disabled um, intersects with that, which is very rare. And I guess like in terms of what it means to me, uh, this is the kind of show that would have been very helpful when I was a teenager. It would have hopefully made it less impossible for me to imagine a future where I got to have those experiences. It it would have also meant that hopefully like the experience of having boys ask me out as a joke or to know that like my friends thought that the only person the only people who could possibly want to date 
me were of course other disabled people because who who would want who who would want to take on dating the disabled person uh hopefully it would have made those those blows a little softer and a little bit less terrifying because instead of like there being a blank page only to be filled in with like the horrific horrors of my imagination and anxiety spirals at their worst um I would have actually had a, a quite literal frame of reference for what it might look like. And you've now provided that frame of reference for so many young people in this country who are going to watch your show and understand. And for anyone that's listening, you, Hannah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first sex scene of, of its kind. Is that correct? Can you talk me yes. through that? So I have the um, incredible privilege of now owning a piece of television history, which is that I am the first disabled person, as far as we know, to do a sex scene on Australian television. That is not something I, I ever thought I would lay claim to. It's, it's not something that I expected, but it is definitely also not something that I take lightly by by any means and neither did my co-star neither did um any of the people involved in making that scene happen we were all extremely conscious of how important it was to get it right if you've seen it hopefully you feel like we did that because to me it's definitely a very beautiful scene and we made some very conscious choices with our incredible director to not just insinuate that it was happening, but to actually make the viewer sit with me and us as we explored it. And also not to shy away from showing you that a disabled body, particularly my disabled body, obviously, doesn't look exactly how we've necessarily been told a body should look in those types of scenes. Like, there are parts of my body that have curves where they shouldn't be because of scoliosis or I've got scars. I, I've got all sorts of kind of little bodily idiosyncrasies that have been captured beautifully by the camera. And while that was really, really intimidating, it was also really important because it's not been seen before. And I figured that if we're going to do it, well, we're going to make sure we do it right. We'll be back in just a moment, but first, a message from our sponsor. Hannah, before you go, I just want to ask one more question. And it's, sure. I've heard you speak about this quite a bit before, and it's the idea that in the past, the portrayal of people with disability in the media and in film and in TV, you know, that you, you grew up only seeing ads about car crashes and that that or the Paralympics and that was kind of the only two representations you saw. Yeah. I wonder, do you think we're now moving towards a time where we can actually celebrate and, you know, shows like Latecomers can actually celebrate and really give space for nuanced relationships and beautiful scenes and, and do you feel like that shift yeah. is happening? I really hope so because I think it's long overdue and like you said, I grew up with that very binary view of disability. It, it was either absolutely inspiring or the worst thing that could happen to you. I hope that we get to a point where people can, can understand that like being disabled is so 
it's so nuanced. Like there's, there's moments of extreme sadness and frustration and discrimination and struggle, but all of those sit alongside moments of incredible joy and creativity and, and like thinking outside the box and being bold and being strong and hell all, all of those things can exist on the same day. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be one way or, or the other. Like I don't want people to assume that I'm, sad all the time but I don't want people to assume that because I'm not sad all the time I must think having a disability is the best thing in the world like it's it's somewhere in the middle and I hope that we kind of allow all of that to exist fully very soon but it also feels extremely revolutionary because of that binary of inspirational sadness whenever I do feel a moment of joy it feels like I'm uh, kind of existing out, outside the systems that I'm supposed to fit into. And it, I'm very lucky that I've gotten to create like my own box. Mm, your own um, systems. But, yeah. But it's take it's taken a lot of work and it's taken a lot of therapy and a lot of kind of self-introspection and, and all of those sorts of things. I am constantly processing and working with the fact that I will forever be disabled because as my life changes the meaning and ramifications of that fact change too I I mean as a kid you think forever is like a week but as you get older obviously your concept of forever stretches out a little bit a little bit and and then you kind of get to the point where you realize sometimes you have more in common with your 90 year old grandparents than you do with other people your own age and that's that's very strange, but it's also like accepting that things will happen for me and for anyone like on their own time. And if I am continue, continually trying to hold myself to an able-bodied standard or an able-bodied timeline, the, the kind of thing enjoyed by the majority of my friends, my sisters, my cousins, basically a lot of the people around me, then I'm essentially setting myself up to fail because no matter how hard I try or no matter how hard I might've once wanted to be, I'm never going to be able-bodied. So I kind of have gotten used to that idea in so many ways. And now I'm getting to the point where I feel comfortable enough to start building my own timeline and sort of ignoring what other people are doing in the sense that like my life will will still be still be valuable and, and and beautiful and big even if it doesn't look like everyone else's it certainly will and you are doing such amazing work as a friend watching you grow and blossom it's just beautiful and thank you for always teaching me something new every time we chat so thank you hannah thank you zara Thank you for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every morning. We'll be back again tomorrow, but until then, have a great day.